0: Amen. Get them back together. Praise God. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Get in our discipleship class. Brother Chad, could you come and take for us this morning our discipleship offering? Amen. Amen. God is good all the time. All the time God is good. They say it's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Keep elevating and lifting One another up, amen. We want to get right into our lesson this morning, amen. We've been talking about the Beatitudes, so we can help us adjust our attitudes, amen. And so that's where we've been to focus in that, amen. And hopefully our attitudes are being transformed. And that's the thing about the Beatitudes, as as I said, it covers chapters 5, 6, and 7, and what you want to look at when you are reading uh, the Gospels and you're beginning to look at the Beatitudes, if you watch in Matthew, as soon as Jesus has finished teaching the Beatitudes, he comes down off the mountain, and then the rest of the book, he's putting everything he says in the action. And you'll see how that works when you follow that. But the Beatitude is to help us adjust our attitudes and see things in a more clear state amen now this we've been talking about the temple of of truth too amen we're just basically continuing on here is what we're doing amen and we talked about being an influence okay we started out being the light we talked about being the salt of the earth because god wants us to change our surroundings and the people around us and then we talked about a little bit about having our self-control Amen. We've got to have self-control. We've got to control ourselves. Temperance came with the Holy Ghost and that's what we were talking about last week is maintaining that self-control in ourselves. Amen. Uh, so that we don't fly off the handle after everything that comes our way because it's so easy in today's world. To get offended. It is so easy today to allow people, what we might say, get under our skin. And you want to be like Mom Bell and reach out and touch somebody, yeah? You have to make sure you have total self-control. And this is why it's key and essential that we build a strong relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ in prayer, fasting, and those reading the Word of God in daily devotion and being strong in the power of the Lord and the power of His might. So that we do not... Uh, act like the world, like, amen. We are God's children. So today, we want to pick up and hopefully finish this, uh, this session, amen, as well. So, uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 27, uh, through third. No, I got to back up a little bit. My mistake. Matthew 23 through 25, 23 through 26. Matthew 5. We're talking today about reconciliation, if you have your notes. You pay for. We talk about reconciliation. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and there remembers that thy brother have ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First, be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Agree with thine adversary quickly while thou art in the way with him, lest at any time thy adversary deliver thee to the judge. The judge delivered thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. There I say unto thee, thou shalt not, thou shalt by no means come out fence though thou hast paid the uttermost fathering. Okay, the father, farthing, fathering, fathering, farthing is a is a price of money, about a penny. <laughs> Back in those days, you know. You you know i was I was doing the study the other day throw this in it. you know how much gold Solomon got every year worth you ever sat down and figured it up. I figured it up the other day every year that he was given about seventeen million five hundred thousand dollars worth of gold every year he and he reigned for forty years. Think about that back in those days. Think about what it would be today. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah, my, my goodness. But anyhow, moving back to the lesson. Reconciliation. Reconciliation, Jesus is trying to get us to see here, is to bring back together. The restoration of friendly relationships, the act of causing two people, or groups to become friendly again after an argument. Amen. Amen. This is why we see that Jesus came to what? To mend the broken hearts. Amen. It, when he says in Luke chapter 4, he said, The Spirit of the Lord, verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me, to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken heart, preach deliverance to the captives, recover sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, when you're talking restoration or a reconciliation, Amen. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. And it goes on and said, we are become what? Ambassadors for Christ. Amen. We are the representatives. We are the ones that restore and bring about restoration. Amen. I hear people all the time say, I don't like confrontation. You know? Well, if you don't like confrontation, you're in the wrong business. (laughs) Yeah, you're gonna have confrontations. Amen. Things are gonna come our way. Amen. See, if you don't like confrontation, it's easy for you to get depressed because what's gonna take place is you're gonna be holding that grudge inside of you. You're not gonna wanna go and reconcile to other people. And what usually happens and take place is you see that person, you will try to avoid that person. You may be in Walmart, and instead of getting it reconciled, you'll go all the way around the other way. You know, I've heard of people sitting out in their cars, waiting for the other person to go in the store and shop and watch and see them and wait till they leave so then they can go in. You know, that should never be with a child of God. You know, as a child of God, we are called to do what? Keep the unity of the bond of peace. Look at it Ephesians 4. Go to Ephesians 4 verse 1. Paul says in Ephesians 4 1, I be, therefore the prison of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation where you are called with all lowliness, all humility, and meekness with long suffering, being patient, Putting up with one another in love, you know. As, you know, notice he says putting up with one another in love. You got to learn how to love people, you know. You know, people are gonna do stupid stuff, <laughs> you know. But but sometimes people do things they don't, you know. They may say things sometimes, and they not realize, you know, what they're saying. <laughs> you know and so and as a result of that we have to be able to put up with people Forbear, put up with people and love that's why paul told the church in first corinthians 13 he said if i don't have love all i am is a sounding brass and a tingling cymbal i'm just making all kinds of noise he said love suffered long and is patient is kind it doesn't envy it doesn't get angry you know so we got to learn how to love the way jesus loved amen and so he says, put up with one another in meekness. Amen. goes on, verse 3. Endeavoring, striving, doing everything in your power to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. See? He says, we have to do everything we can. So isn't it amazing that Jesus always put the responsibility on the person that thinks they're right to get it right? <laughs> think about that. He put that on us and responsibility. If I think I'm right, he says, okay, then get it right. You go to the person. You know, you go and talk to the person. You know, it, it matter of fact, Scripture says you go to him one-on-one. You don't need anybody else around you. You know, he says if you go to him and if you be reconciled to your brother, good says if not next time take somebody else with you, you know, and he says, and if they accept you good, if not, then bring it to the church. and if they don't, then we just kick them out <laughs> so so you know, so but we must reconcile, we must do everything we can to mend the broken fences, to bind up the wounds, amen, to cause unity in the body. Now, we talked about Malachi uh, chapter 4, amen, and verse 2 through 6, we see that the Lord was talking about John the Baptist. He says, he's going to what? Draw the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the, the hearts of the sons to the fathers, amen. Malachi 4, 6, Amen. And, and so, and, and so, and as a result, he said, it's gonna be a reconciliation. It's gonna bring them together. Bring them back. The divisions, the things that are divided. Amen. That John the Baptist would cause, amen, the people to be drawn. The fathers would be drawn back to their children. They would be reconciled. The children would be reconciled to their fathers. And even that with John the Baptist, it was, is a, a prophetic here that the people would be drawn back to God. See, cause he is the father. And the children would be drawn to the father. Amen. And so as a result, we need to reconcile our lives to one another and to God. The responsibility is upon us. God does not want division in His church. That's why Paul goes on in Ephesians 4. He says there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who's above all and through y'all and in you all. You are my sister, you are my brother, so take me by the hand. Amen. We will have some disagreements. Amen. We're not all going to see eye to eye. But it does not mean we do anything for the disunity of the body of Christ. We must be reconciled together. Amen. God desires us to be built together and one mind and one accord. Once the gospel reconciles us to Christ, we need to be reconciled to others. I'm not saying you let people walk all over you. You know, what God is saying is, you get it right. Amen. So when you see here in, in Matthew 5, what he says here, he says, agree with your adversary quickly. What he was trying to get them to see is, because there was men like Matthew and Zacchaeus and all those guys that was working for the Roman government. And as a result, they were hated by the other Jews for them working. So what Jesus was trying to get them to understand is, you need to be reconciled to these guys because if you don't do what they tell you to do, and they lead you to the judge, and the judge, the procurator, if they, if Matthew and Zacchaeus would have said this Jew didn't pay his taxes, he's being belligerent, or whatever, you know, they could lead him to the procurator, and the procurator would say, you know, find them to be true then he would deliver them to the officers and the officers would put them in prison and that's where they would stay until they made payment. See? And so, therefore, you know, the other piece of this is this. He's trying to get you and I to see that if people is against us and evil with us, we need to be reconciled. Because if not, they're going to hold us captive. They're going to hold us captive in our abilities to represent Christ. See, and you're going to be bound in yourself and not be able to worship freely. You're not going to be able to live freely because in your mind, you're going to always know somebody's got something against you. So really, you're trapped. Really, you're bound. And as a result, you ain't going to come out of that until you pay. In other words, you ain't going to come out of it until you go be reconciled. See? And so, therefore, you have to purpose in your heart at the earliest stage that I am not going to allow myself to be captivated for not doing what God's Word tells me to do. You know, if the onus and responsibility is on us who know is right, then we should know is right to go get it right. And this is what God is trying to get us to see. He wants us to be reconciled to each other. Amen. Think about how many people could be one to Christ if we took the responsibility to make it happen. Amen. We are to bring people to Christ. We are to burn up the wounds. We are to build the fence. Amen. We have people sitting in church thinking they're going to heaven, and they still got envy. Jesus has already told you, if you don't forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father isn't going to forgive you. See? He wants us free. He don't want us to be bound. He wants us to know that we have did the right thing. Amen. So we must do what He's asking of us to do. You know, People say, What if they don't forgive me? That's not your responsibility. That's between them and God. Jesus says, Go. You be reconciled. You do your part and let him wear about the rest. In second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who have, what? Reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ. Amen. God has reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ. We are drawn to God through the blood and baptism of Jesus Christ. This is why Paul says in Galatians 3, For as many as you have been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. Amen. We're drawn to God by Jesus Christ. And all things are of God who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Amen. Here. And have given to us the ministry of reconciliation, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 there. He's given you now the ministry of reconciliation. What's the ministry of reconciliation? The gospel. The gospel. If you have been baptized in Jesus' name, you've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The gospel has been pried to your name. Now you have the ministry to reconcile. This is why Jesus says in Luke 4, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Because what does take place here is when people come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, they can begin to see themselves for who they are. They begin to see Christ for who He is. And as a result, we see the importance of love one for another. And as a result, we begin to reconcile. Amen. We teach people the gospel so that they will see who they are, see what they need to do so that they can go and take corrective actions. That's what the gospel is designed to do. Amen. The gospel, when you look at it, there was division between the Jews and the Gentiles. There was division between the religious leaders and the people. There was so much division, amen, going on, That they needed something to bring them back together. The moral law, the law that God had established in the Old Testament, was designed to keep the unity of the body. That's why when you look at the law in the Old Testament, if if they did something wrong, they could bring a sacrifice, get forgiveness, and try to bring things together. Amen. To keep the unity. But they got further further and further and further and further and further away. Amen. From each other. And so, and as a result, it's kind of like what we see today. People are getting further and further and further and further because of the sins of the world. So, as a result, we who are born again of the water and the Spirit, which has the ministry of reconciliation, the gospel, amen, it is our responsibility to teach, to reach, amen, to bring people what? First and foremost, enter back to the reconciliation with Jesus Christ. This is why Malachi 4 is trying to get us to see John the Baptist would draw people back to Christ. It would bring fathers to the sons and sons to their fathers. Amen. And so the gospel was designed for the same purpose, to bring us first and foremost to Christ. Once we become in a relationship with Christ, next thing we can see is how we mend the relationship. This is why when you look at Paul's life, he was an enemy. Amen. But notice, once he came into first a relationship with Jesus, now he's brought into the fellowship of the brethren. He's drawn back there, reconciled to him. Amen. And as a result, he's helped. And the next thing you know, his ministry, he's out there uh, teaching and bringing people to Christ first and foremost. Because if we never bring people to Christ... They're never going to be reconciled to one another. Amen. People in the world does not understand. You do me wrong. I'm going to do you wrong. They don't see it from your standpoint. You know, as long as they're out there. You can tell them all day long. You need to forgive that person. You need to do this. They're going to take you out of your mind. He did this to me. She did that to me. I'm not going to forgive them. You know, and that's how the world operates. Right. (laughs) Yeah, they're supposed to be Christians, but they don't, right? Because they're not in that relationship with Christ. See, they have got to have an understanding of the Word of God. Amen. So God desires us to be reconciled. We have the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not putting or charging their trespasses to them, and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. Amen. Keep your relationship to God. Whatever you do, if you sin or whatever, go back to God. You know, repent. Get back to Him. Keep your relationship intact with God, whatever you do. You hang around the church long enough, and I guarantee you, you're going to find and see who you are. That's the given. (laughs) You know, That's what the purpose of the church is designed. So it exposes you to the truth of the Word. So you can see who you are. So you can correct you. Amen. It's not my responsibility to correct you. It's the Word of God. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. See, once you hang around the church and you read the Word, you pray, you build your relationship and you keep your relationship with God, He'll reveal to you things that's not like Him. See, because He wants you to be close to Him. He wants you to be reconciled and stayed put with Him. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are God's representatives. No matter where we are, we are the ambassadors for Christ. Amen. And we are the negotiators. Amen. See, sometimes you might have to get in between a couple of people to negotiate. To bring them back into unity. You know we hear a lot in the news today about peace accords right. That's the ambassador's responsibility in that country. Is to reconcile those countries back together. And once the ambassador has did his responsibility. Then the president sign the documents. And bring this stuff into, into fruition. The peace accords is what they call them these days. Well, it's the same way in the church. See, we're ambassadors. See? And when we can bring people together who's divided, amen, then what happens? They come into unity. They come into the peace. They make up. And as a result, the blood of Jesus Christ covers them and bring them into that sweet unity and reconcile them to him as well. Amen. And so this is what we have to look at. Amen. we're ambassadors. We are the ones that goes out and to do what God is asking of us to do. Amen. So we got to keep working. They, and when they came out of Egypt, there was a day of atonement. What is the day of atonement? It was a time of reconciliation. It was a time of restoring. Amen. And bringing back together. See, and that's what we have to look at as well. Matthew chapter 5, verse 27 through 30. So, we, we we got to make sure that we want to be reconciled to God. And that's what Jesus is trying to get us to see, is the how to be reconciled. Verse 27. You have heard it was said of them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say to you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, have committed adultery with her already in his heart. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out, and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that the whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off, and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not, that the whole body should be cast into hell. Amen. So, Jesus is trying to get us here in this passage is to take a closer look inwardly. We know that John tells us all that is in the world. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life is not of the Father, it is of the world. Paul told the church of Rome in Romans 7, 7, he says, I had not known that lust was a sin until I had read in the law that thou should not covet it. Amen. So what we find here, amen, of the teaching of Jesus, he says, now you've heard. In other words, the moral law was thou should not commit adultery. He says, you've heard that, you know, it was taught. He says, but I'm telling you that if you look at a woman to lust after her in your heart, you have committed adultery with her already in your heart. Because Solomon says in Proverbs 23, 7, that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Amen. So now Jesus says, if your right eye offend you or your right hand, he says, cut it off. The right always symbolize authority and honor and power. The right hand. So your leaders, amen, those that are over you, those that give you vision, those that gives you direction, if they offend you, he says, cut them off. Don't allow people to cause you to keep going down the wrong road. So many people today are following false leaders. They're following people that are leading and guiding them down the wrong road. So Jesus says it's better to cut them off than the whole body be cast into hell. Wouldn't it be easier to get rid of one leader than to see the whole church going to hell? (laughs) You know, we need to realize that. Amen. Amen. So we cannot allow ourselves to be drawn away and do wrong continually, amen, in our lives. We have to have knowledge and understanding of what is right versus what is wrong. If we are reconciled to Christ, then we should know that the whole body fits framely together. You are my sister. You are my brother. That's why Paul's teaching to Timothy and Titus is you teach the elder woman as mother and the younger as sister. If I treat you as my sister and my mother, then therefore I'm not going to lust after you. Amen. I'm not going to want to have a relationship outside of a friendly, cordial relationship with you. You see, and it's the same way. This is why we have to teach people, once they're reconciled to Christ in the church, their appropriate, modest dress. You know, a lot of people get angry because we try to help people to dress appropriately and properly so they don't cause people to lust after them. You know, but a lot of times people say, you can't tell me what to do. Well, like you know, yes, I can, you know. It, 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 if you don't straighten up, then I'm going to have to put you out because it's better for the whole body to stay one than one member cause everybody to go to hell. You know, that's that's what he's trying to get us to see here. So we have to realize once you come into that relationship and you are reconciled to Christ, you have to understand who you are in Christ, that you are priests and, and kings and daughters, amen, of the Most High God. And so, and as a result of this, your dress and appearance should be modest. You remember what Aaron's garment said? Holy to the Lord. Amen. Every time you get dressed, you should say, I'm holy to the Lord. Every time you get up, you should say, I'm holy to the Lord. You know, you're not doing it for me. You're doing it for Him. Your relationship is with Him. But a lot of people and a lot of leaders are teaching people, oh, just wear what you want. Come the way you are. If you watch the way the trend is going now, churches are just doing anything. You know, the new fads are out there. You know, Paul tells you fads are going to pass away. You know, so we have to realize, we have to make sure that we, as born-again believers, does not do anything that cause people to lust after us in any way, amen, that would draw them away from Christ. See? So we have to cut things off. Don't yield your members, Paul says in Romans 6. Go to Romans 6, 12 through 13. Romans 6, 12-13. <clears throat> Paul says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you shall obey it in the lust thereof. He says, don't let sin hang around the body. See? That's why we gotta preach against sin. You know? That's why we gotta talk about sin. You know, a lot of times people think, you know, Every time I come to church, that all I get to hear about, sin, sin, sin. Well, if you ain't sinning, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> you know, there are more people in the church than just you. <laughs> you know, I hear people say that all the time. You know, two people ain't married and they're shacking up or whatever. And you talk about it, as it goes against the Word of God and they don't want to hear it. You know, I'm not going to that church because that's why they're talking about me. No, I'm not talking about you. Maybe it's God trying to wake you up. You know? And so, therefore, we have to realize this. You know, so Paul says, don't let sin reign in your mortal bodies that you should obey it in the lust thereof. You have to purge yourself. That's why you want to stay reconciled to God. So he will reveal to you who you are, the things that's not like him. Notice, neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but yield yourselves where to God, as those that are what alive from the dead. What is he talking about? You who was dead in your trespasses and sin is Ephesians four. I mean two. Have he quickened together with him? See, when we were in sin. Yes, we all have sin and come short of the glory of God. We were all in sin. But when we he pulled us out now, amen. So we're no longer dead. We are, as Peter said, we're lively stones. See, that we should show forth the praises of him which has called us out of darkness to his marvelous light. See? So though we're alive from the dead. So if I'm alive, then I should reflect the life of Jesus Christ. Because in Him was life, and the life was the light of man. All right? And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. See, so all the members of the body fit framely together. We are righteousness unto God. Well, sin shall not have dominion over you. but you're not under the law. You're under grace. Amen. God's unmerited love, His divine favor working in your life now. Say, sin shall not control you. You control everything about you, because greater is He that's in you than he that is in the world. You have the power. Jesus says, I give you power to tread over scorpions and serpents and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall harm you. You make the choice which way you go now. You know, you have the power. You have the strength. You have the ability. It's right here. You just got to say, I ain't going to do it. See? You have to make these these tough choices. Amen. So don't let your members cause you to sin. Not physical members and the body of Christ. See? This is the whole body. See? So if anybody in the body is trying to get you to sin and do wrong, you need to cut them off. It's what he's trying to get us to see. Amen. Don't let somebody lead you down the wrong pathway. Cut them off. You know, don't mean I don't love you, but I'm not going to let you lead me to hell. That's why I tell you all the time, if I get out of this book, you better get either get rid of me or, or get off the train somewhere. Don't you let me keep leading you down the wrong road, going to the wrong place. Jesus said, "The blind follow the blind. What's going to happen? They're both going to fall in the ditch. So don't don't let me lead you wrong. That's why you hear me constantly tell you to get in this book, to build your relationship with Jesus Christ, so that if I go haywire, you know it." But there's a lot of people never pick the book up. You know? And you know, you think about how, how can people, Jim Jones lead people to do that? The other guy catch the comet by the tail. You know? And I got a tag about the tail, is plain to see. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Who's <sung> on that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but anyhow. But think about it. You know, how can so many people That say, I know Christ, be so gullible. You know, if you're led by the Spirit of God, you know, we have to wake up and realize, amen, and be able to cut them off. Don't let people lead you down the wrong track. I've seen it so many times. People are not going to fall out of church by themselves. They ain't going by themselves. They're going to take somebody with them. Every, yeah, every time they're gonna lead somebody with them. Or once they get out there, they're gonna see you at Walmart and try to make you feel guilty, feel bad when you say, hey, where'd you go? What, what happened? You know, they're gonna give you some sad, sob story of what never happened. Cause they want to justify themselves. See? That's what happens. And to put that doubt in your mind. See? And so, therefore, you have to just cut them off. You know? And so, you have to be aware of that. Amen. Moving right along here. Amen. So, wow. i got five minutes. So, you know, Jesus says you don't look. Commit adultery, okay? When when you look at John 8 and verse 4, the, the religious leaders brought this woman to Jesus. And they says, Lord, we caught her in the very act. Notice, we caught her in the very act. Now, Moses in the law says, such shall be stoned. What say you? Jesus in answer. See? Because the law says in Leviticus 20, verse 10, (laughs) they both should be put to death. See? You look at Leviticus 20.10. He said that both should be put to death. And now notice, they said, we caught her in the very act. So Jesus basically said, okay, if you caught her, where is he at? You know? you know. So, and as a result of this, amen, it, you know, he did not have her stoned. Amen. But if I think, personally, that if they'd have brought both of them, I think they both would have been stoned. You know. But he forgave them. Gave her. Amen. Because you also see here that the righteous judge also is righteous. And so when Jesus says to them, you without sin cast the first stone. Amen. They all dropped their stones. And they walked away. And then Jesus says to her after they were all gone, woman, where's thou an accusers? Have any man accuse you? He says, she says, no, Lord. He says, neither do I. Go and sin no more. See? Because he was bringing that restoration, the father to the children. Amen. He was reconciling, bringing things back together. See? And so the religious leaders, should have understood this and been able to restore. They should have dealt with that a long time before that. You know, before Jesus. They was trying to entrap Jesus and stuff. Not realizing He's the Word made flesh. (laughs) He knows what's in His Word, you know, and stuff. So it's important. Amen. So we have to look at it. Amen. If thy right eye offend you, cut it out. Amen. Pluck it out. Uh, the television will call you to lust. So pluck it out. That one eye bandit, cut it out. <laughs> Amen. Get, that's in one eye that will cause you to lust and pride and flesh. Amen. You might want to start looking real closely and start putting it out. <laughs> Amen. So that it doesn't lead you astray. And Jesus told his disciples, he says, beware of the leaven of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. In other words, be aware of their teachings. Be aware of their doctrines. Amen. You have to know truth. You've got to know apostolic truth. You've got to know what Jesus and his disciples taught and why you stand on what you believe. You should be confident. And your abilities as a child of God, of what you believe and who you are. Nothing, Paul says, should be able to separate me from the love of God. You've got to be confident in yourself that you know that what you're reading is truth. And you are willing to stand on it and not go away from it. No matter what people say. No matter how much persecution comes your way. Jesus already told you, you're going to be hated for all men for my name's sake. You you take a stand for holiness, you're going to be hated. Amen. Because God is holy. See? You're separating yourself to God. You say, I'm going to be a Christian. Amen. You're separating yourself to God. And people are not going to agree all the time. They're not going to want to, you know, be around you sometime. They're going to save all matters of evil falsely against you for Christ's sake. Amen. But stand firm. You're going to a better place. Amen. Somebody is going to hear you. Somebody is going to be drawn to you. So stand firm. Amen. Stand strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. So Jesus says, you've heard of old times. Amen. He's trying to get them to see the law, the moral law. You know, be reconciled. Put this thing in your heart. Live as brothers. Live as sisters. Love one another. Amen. And don't let things cause you to be drawn away. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, he says, Let no man despise thy youth. Notice, but be thou an example of the believer in word and behavior or conversation and charity or in love and spirit and faith and in what? Purity. Purity. Stay pure. Keep your mind pure. Think on these things, Paul says, things that are true, things that are honest, things that are just, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Set your mind on Christ first and foremost so that you don't look at things and, 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 and that will draw you away. Because if your eye can push you to lust, then your hand is going to go after it next. See? So you got to be willing those things that will cause you to fall to be cut off. See? You've got to get rid of those things that is, is is hindering your walk or is causing you to lust after them, to, you know, to put them in your heart. And a lot of today... As you look at the world, everything is sexual innuendos. Even our little children are being bombarded at the earliest stage of their lives. You stop and think about it. You look at it. You know, and this is why the Bible says you parents teach your children in the ways of the Lord. You know, we've got to realize because if the enemy can get the children at the earliest age... Think of how long he's got him. You know, they report, you know, children having children. You know, and we wonder why there's so much problems in the world today. You know, it all starts with that enemy of lust. Lust, you know, drugs, alcohol. All these things are designed to draw away. But us who are born again of the water and the Spirit and knows Christ must keep ourselves pure. This is why Jude, look at Jude, verse 22 through 25. He says, but you, beloved, keep yourselves in the love of God. Jude, it might come up as a chapter 1, verse 22. But you... you know, some have compassion. Make a difference. Verse 23. And others, say would fear pulling them out of the fire. Go back to 21, I think it might be. There you go. Keep yourself in the love of God. Looking for the mercies of our Lord Jesus Christ into eternal life. Keep yourself in the love of God. Amen. Build yourself up on your most holy faith. Keep yourself in the love of God. Amen. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Amen. So Paul says so Timothy says, Hey, be an example in purity. Don't let stuff come into your mind that destroys you. Amen. Don't let stuff get in there to pull you away. Don't let stuff get in there that's going to hinder your walk with God. Keep yourself pure in your words, in your conduct, in your actions, everything that you do. Amen. And this is what Jesus is trying to get us all to see. Amen. If we have influence of light and salt. Amen. If we have total self-control about us, we don't get angry. Amen. All these things, you know, in our heart, and in our minds. And if we keep ourselves pure if we keep ourselves reconciled to Him and to one another, hey, we're going to be all right. And this is what God wants. So this section of the whole Beatitudes, again, is to cause us to examine ourselves to see if we are measuring up to the standard set by Christ. We must have a good influence among those who we encounter or whom we encounter. We must allow the law to be written on upon our hearts and exercise total self-control. We must preach the gospel and keep ourselves pure at all costs. Then and only then can we be what God desires of us to be. Amen? Amen. So until a month from now, we're to have Temple of Truth 3. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. God bless you. Take a break.